0: This is Gideon Dunsell's podcast, where we impact deep understanding of God's word. Gideon Danso is a global lead pastor of Empowerment Worship Center, where God lives. From wherever you are listening to us, we hope you are inspired and encouraged by this message. Genesis, the third chapter, the first verse to the sixth verse, we stand on our God as our tradition in this church in the reading of God's word. Genesis chapter 3, verse number 1 to 6. We read together, and the Bible says, one to go. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of the tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruits of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, "You shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it lest you die." Then the serpent said to the woman, "You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So read loud that verse loud, I want to go. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Be seated. 1 John 2, verse 15 to 17. Do not love the world all the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. The 17th said, and the world is passing away, and the lust of it, But he who does the will of God abides forever. The world is passing away today. As I was meditating, I was coming to church, um, and I I kept on reading this great part of the scripture, and I was singing the song, and I'm like, this word is actually true, not even in the revelation of it, but even literally, the world is really passing away. I mean, you look at some cars that were And now it's no longer, and there are new cars. And every day there's something new. It's really passing. And some stuff are just old. And every day, the world is passing away. So if you're holding on to the world, you are passing away like the world. But he who does the will of God abides forever. You're clapping. It's sick. We continue our teachings on the Lord's Prayer we are we are taking a detour. Okay, so we are we are taking a detour because we spoke of temptation. Lead us not into temptation, and we cannot just talk about temptation and just brush. We need to just take a detour and go a bit a bit deep. I right, so last week we, we dealt with temptation and want to continue overcoming temptation. We established last week that whereas tests are from God and it is designed for us to to get a crown of life, temptation, on the other hand, is from the devil. And as a goal to make us sin against God, disobey God. So, whereas tests are from God and a and test, when you go to tests or trials, is from God and it is designed to give us the crown of life. Temptation on the other hand is from the devil and designed to to, to take us away from God and to kill us. So the Bible says temptation, the goal of temptation is death. Now it is important that we overcome temptation because every believer will go through a wilderness moment. Every child of God will go through the wilderness moment, the wilderness experience. You have it. The Bible says that Jesus went to the wilderness. The children of Israel went to the wilderness. Now Jesus was led in the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. The children of Israel went through the wilderness to be tested by God. So both the test and the temptation all took place in the wilderness. So one thing that you are so sure of as a child of God is that you go through A wilderness experience, a wilderness moment. And whenever you go to the wilderness moment, you are either going to be tempted or going to be tested. And it is important that we zero in on this subject of temptation because the wilderness will come. Tell somebody the wilderness will come. The dry season, the dry moment. The difficult times will come for us to achieve this. God through his grace is opened our eyes to the scriptures so that we can begin to see the devices the enemy deploys that set us up to fall into temptation. Let us look at them. From the text we see that John tells us that there are three devices the enemy will use to trap us and to set us to fall into temptation. Three devices. John Says in First John 2 and 15, it said, Do not love the world. The world, as used here, is cosmo. Cosmo. The word cosmo is the genitive form of cosmos. Genitive, as used here, shows possessions. Possessions. So when we talk about the world, we are either talking about first what God created. What God created. God's creation is the world. This is the world God created. There is nothing that is in this world that God did not create. God created it. God created the sun, the moon, the earth, the star. God created this world. So when we talk about the world, we are first referring to God's creation. Number two, we are referring to the systems of this world. The systems, whether it be the financial system, the political system, the, the international, whatever system it is. There's a system of this world. There's a system and a system by which the world runs. Then, of course, we have the demonic control systems. So, there's a system set by man by which we are able to, we are governed, we are run, we are controlled. There's a system. Right now, COVID nineteen has taught us that we all have a system. System that says we have to sit social distancing. We we have to we have to travel. We have to uh, go out wearing it masks. It's a system controlled by man. And there's a third one which is the one controlled by the enemy, the demonic system. Satan is the god of this world, in whom the god of this world. The God of this world, the one that Satan controls by which he deploys his means and channel to rule this world. Then the fourth one is what we are zeroing on, which is the possessions of this world. So cosmos means possession. So when John said, do not love this world, he was not referring to the creation, nor even the the system. He was referring to the, the things in the world, the possession. I possess this water. This is mine possessions, this world, the possessions of this world, the acquisitions of this world. My God, can I talk to somebody this morning? The acquisitions of this world, the possessions. Hence, we look at the possessions, the possessions. There are three devices that the enemy use to set a Christian up into temptation. Satan started using these devices long time ago. Long time ago. He deployed it in the days of Adam and Eve. And now John comes to reveal what happened to Adam and Eve. Maybe Adam and Eve did not know the existence of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. But when you look at what happened to them, you will see that what the enemy deployed, the enemy deployed these three things. And so before we come back to Adam and Eve and deal with what happened to them, let's zero in on the three divide. Every temptation you go through is centered around these three divide. Every temptation at all. Whatever you are dealing with, whatever you are going through, whatever you are faced with, Whatever you are battling, whatever temptation, no matter what, you name it. Whether it's money, whether it's women, whether it's houses, whether it's position, whether it's power, whatever temptation you are dealing with is embedded in these three things that John said. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and then the pride of life. The pride of life. So we first look at first the lust of the flesh. The word last as used here is desires or craving for the forbidden. The word last as used here is what? Desires or the cravings for the forbidden. The desires. last means the craving for what God said, don't eat it. The cravings for what God says don't touch it. The, the 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 desires because what you desire controls your life, you are controlled by what you desire. The Bible said, and to the woman, God said, Your desire shall be your husband, and he shall have rule over you. So God said, The man. You desire the man and because you desire the man he will rule over you. Because what you desire rules you. You'll be surprised what a small girl can do to a big man. Can I preach your church right now? Can can I be real right now? Because what you desire controls your life. I've seen people go places you never imagine they would go because of what they desire. What are you you what why are you even there? Because your desire will lead you to your allureings. When, you when you desire something, it lures you. You'll be shocked the places people go to find drugs. You'll be shocked. Because, Bob said, Bob said, your desire shall be your husband and because you desire him, he will rule over you. Which is why women, when they get pregnant, say, I will never have a baby again. I will never have a baby again. I will not have a baby again. I'm tired now. I'm tired. Because God says, in distress, you have a child. And they are crying, I will never have a child. Now. And after one year, they are having another baby. And I said, What happened? Because they went to what they desire. Because you desire, you have to go back. And even though what you went to, you don't like it because you desire, you go to again. And so, if you don't do what you desire, the distress will be there the pain will be there. You'll still come back to what hurt you. It will hurt you and until you learn how to overcome that desire, the pain will never stop. Your desire controls you. The lust of the flesh therefore means the lust is the desire, the craving. The word flesh has two meanings. One, the first is our physical body. The second is the Unregenerated regenerated nature of man. So, we are talking about your physical body. Your physical body. This is your physical body. Then we have the nature. The fallen nature. There's a school of thought by some faith, Christian faith, that if Christ was born without sin, then he could not have come through a woman flesh and blood. So if it came to flesh and blood and if all men have sinned, then there is a possibility that whatever that happened to the flesh and blood that brought Christ into the world affected him without hence the deitifying of that person who brought Christ so that the nature of man that Supposedly so came to the channel through which Christ came, does not affect Christ. So that person needs to be deified so that Christ is clean. But they forget the aspect of Christ coming, coming to the Holy Spirit. And if it's the Holy Spirit, then there's no issue of man. And understand, understand it because you need to you need to make an argument that makes sense. Now by the nature of man. We all were born with a proclivity to sin. Now, I'm even, I'm studying trying to look at the doctrine of even when we baptize. Because really, if I give birth to a child, the child is not a sinner. He has a proclivity to sin, but he hasn't sinned. He has a nature to sin, but he's not a sinner. He becomes a sinner when he gives in to sin. I'm not a sinner because I'm born, especially if you came to the seed of the righteous. I am a righteous person. My seed are righteous. They can walk away from the faith, but they are born in the faith. Noah's children were saved on the accounts of Noah. And on my account, my kids who don't understand the concept of sin are not sinners. On my account. Your clapping is going on my account. So, but you are born with a nature. What makes you flesh is first your physical body, then the proclivity of your nature. There is, there is a certain nature by the fall of man that makes us weak to sin. That is the flesh. Even though Christ, even though through Christ we die to sin, still we have the flesh. This flesh has natural desires such as hunger and pest. Hunger and pest are not bad. Because everybody in this life is hungry for something. And until you are hungry, you are not living. It is your hunger that keeps you alive. Come and talk to me right now. Everybody must be hungry for something. The devil is a liar. You cannot live in this life and not be hungry. You got to be hungry for something. The question is, what are you hungry for? It is not about being hungry. It's about what you are hungry for. Jesus Christ was hungry. He cried on the cross and said, I thirst. He was hungry, that he was led to the tree, the fig tree, and thought there was fruit. There was no fruit. Blessed are those who do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. What are you hungry for? Some are hungry for fame, for power, for sex, for money, for riches for worldly things. Some are hungry for revival, for the move of God, for the power of God, for souls to be saved, for Christ's arena, for 48 hours, for deliverance, for salvation. Anybody hungry for God to do something great in the world? Come on, clap your hands right now. What are you hungry for? Some are hungry for social media approval. Some are hungry for likes. Some are hungry for comment. Some are hungry for acceptance. But there's nothing wrong to be hungry But the question, what are you hungry for? What are you hungry for? What you are hungry for determines your drive. What moves you? What shakes you? The devil is like, can I talk to a church right now? Can I talk to a church? However, watch it. When these desires begin to lead us back to the old sinful nature, that's where the problem is. What we mean is that the last of the flesh is simply craving for something God told you not to. When it gives you a good feeling, but it does not please God. There is nothing wrong with being hungry, but gluttony is a sin. You can eat. But overeating is a problem. Can I preach your church right now? Anybody in the house right There's nothing wrong with eating. Anybody ate this morning? you are going to eat this afternoon. There's nothing wrong with that. But to the point where you can't stop eating, we need to pray for you. Anybody in the house right now? I woke up 3 a.m. in my house. 3 a.m. Woke up. I couldn't sleep. I wanted to pray. And when I got down in the kitchen, was a gentleman in the house with jollof heated and up the mountain with chicken. You see, that's, that's, There's a kind of food that you can eat, and I know that maybe you are hungry, you just went to the kitchen to take out the bag. But this one was a different kind of food that I saw. It was not just taking a bath. The guy has eaten long, mountain-hued jollof. Then there was three chicken on the side. Then there was a viral drink. And I'm like, what are you doing at 3 a.m.? Anybody in the house right now? I'm not saying he has sinned, but I'm just saying that. And, and, and he saw me and he didn't stop. He went on to eat. And I, and I checked and he finished the food. Now, what shocked me was, that, was was avaro on the side. There was avaro and there was water at 3 a.m. Anybody has got a powerful love-hate relationship with carbohydrate. You love carbohydrate in the evening and you hate him in the morning yeah, I used to have that too. I'm praying about that and I'm breaking that. Anybody dealt with that love-hate relationship with COVID-19 lockdown? Anybody still trying to shake off the weight again? So, so, there's nothing wrong with eating. So, being hungry and eating is not a sin, but to the point where you can't control it and eat and eat and eat and eat and, eat, and will take other people's food and eat it. Can I talk to a church right now? When we got born again in the beginning, we are all living together. We were about 15 people living in one house. And sometimes you go out and come, your food is gone. And you know, you know not, it's not everything that you give it to God. At that point, you're very angry. You can't give it to God. Who ate my food? You never know a man until they're hungry. Your hunger reveals your heart. I took you through this world and I'm 40 years to know what is in your heart. You never know who you are until you're hungry. Well, the day you're hungry for, you, you, see, you never know until they are hungry to be married. When ladies are hungry to be married, man, don't pray that prayer, brother. It will not work. You have to wait until their heart is broken then they will come back to you. Because this guy, they're hungry for with a six-pack stomach, man, don't pray, Pastor. Don't pray. Look at me. Don't pray about relationship. Just cancel them. Just fold your arms when they come. Say it is well. It is well. And sister, and sister, don't cancel the brother about that girl. You'll be a tech person. Solomon says something. Say, say there are three things I have seen. The fourth baffles me. The forms want to make me go mad. The writer said. said, The first one is that the way the ship is the sea. The way of the bird is the skies. The way of the snake is the rock. The fourth one said. The way of a man is his virgin. (laughs) In other words. When it comes to a man and his virgin. Just leave it alone because before you open your eyes, you are the third person. Don't pray about the relationship, just cancel them. And I've learned that long time ago, so I don't pray, I cancel. You're clapping the skin house right now. I'm telling you, learned that a long time ago. That don't, don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. Don't, don't, don't do that. Just pray, just cancel. And just be nice. Just keep on teaching. Teach the way of a man and his virgin. And Samson said, Bring her to me, for she pleases me well. You have no idea. Mom, don't go there. Samson's mother says, There no woman in Israel. <laughs> <laughs> You're clapping <on> the skin out right <laughs> now. Hey, mercy, Lord. Mercy. Mercy. Come on, say, Mercy, Mercy, Mercy. I know I'm preaching to angels, so nobody does. Everybody's fine. Anybody find a house? Nobody tempted in a house. So, so there's nothing wrong with eating. There's nothing wrong with drinking water and drinking a drink. But getting drunk with alcohol is a problem. There's nothing wrong with couples coming together to have sex, either for babies or for pleasure. But when it's done outside of the environment of marriage, it becomes a problem. Anyone who demands a pleasure which may be to the ruin of someone else is under the spirit of the lust of the flesh. Anyone who has no respect for personalities of others in the gratification of their personal desires is walking under the spirit of the lust of the flesh. Anyone who lives in lust rewards others live in need. of the flesh. Anyone who is made comfort their god when comfort becomes your god. When luxury becomes your goal, when you do anything to get it because it gives you comfort, lust of the flesh, ambition in any part of your life that makes you a servant to your physical desire, it's not Flesh. And there's a difference between ambition and calling. Don't confuse calling and ambition. You see, God gives you passion, energies, fire, drive. That drive can be hijacked by the enemy to create an ambition by some of the calling. Moses had an ambition for justice. Most had a passion for justice and the devil hijacked it and, he, and when he became ambitious, he committed murder. When some, that same passion was encountered, when he encountered God at the burning bush, God used that same passion to go and set him up to go and deliver the children of Israel. He was going to deliver them anyway, but the enemy used ambition. Sometimes, our ambition becomes a trap that sets us up to destruction. Don't confuse ambition and calling. What you do may be your ambition, but there's something you are called to do, which is a calling. Your ambition gives you a job. Your calling is an answer from heaven. I pray for you today that you don't confuse ambition and calling. You're clapping in the second house right now. Have a calling. Have a calling. Watch this. The enemy through temptation makes us pray for something we might not need. That God hasn't told us, God hasn't told us to go for because we want to feel good and get fulfilled. Paul urged the Galatian church. Galatians 5 and 24 says, Those who are Christ have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. Tell somebody, the flesh has got passions and desires tell another person, your greatest enemy is not the devil. Your greatest enemy is not sin. Your greatest enemy is your flesh. Now look at your flesh and tell the flesh, the flesh be crucified. Anybody in the house right now, your greatest enemy is the flesh and today may God bring us to the place where we crucify our flesh. Let him that want to follow me deny him himself uh, and carry his cross uh, and follow me uh, there's a breaking, uh, a crucifying uh, there is a death to the flesh, uh, when we die in the flesh, uh, the flesh prophesies nothing crucified the flesh not only that you cannot crucify your flesh when the passions and the desires are not so there are some people who say their flesh are crucified, but the passions and the desire of flesh is still there. Can I talk to the church right now? You, the, your, your flesh, when your flesh is crucified, it dies with the passions and it dies with the desires. Paul added it, the passions. How many of you have got passion? You got energies, you got drives. You are there and things are moving things. Or oh, Can I talk about passion right now? You are there and your body begins to shake. Hey, Hey. you're all looking at me empowerment look. I know you're all righteous people, but you know that your passions are there. There's a passion, there's a drive, there's a desire, there's an energy, there's a move, there's a feeling. There is sometimes things waking up when they have to sleep. Can I preach right now? You're all looking at me with an empowerment look, but I'm preaching good, right? Can I preach good right now? They wake up. Oh, why, 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 why. why must they wake up? They must wake up because God will use it one day when the time is right, but they don't want to use it when their time is wrong. My God. If, if they didn't wake up, how else could you have children? It must be alive so you can have babies. But the devil can wake it up early so you get into trouble and produce Ishmael. It's either Ishmael early, or you wait for your Isaac, my prayer for you is that we are waiting enough for Isaac time, and we are not producing Ishmaels. You're clapping. The question is, the question is, every sex you have, you ask yourself, am I willing to produce Ishmael, or I'm waiting for my Isaac? Yeah. Yeah. It's what is what he produces, Ishmael or Isaac? May God help us all. You we'll clap on the second house right now. So, the last of the flesh, the last of the flesh to do with what we use to satisfy your fleshly desire. Now, let's look at this scripture Numbers chapter 11 from verse 4. Look at it. now when the mixed multitude. Who were among them yielded to intense craving. Not just craving, but intense. When you can't shut your desires down, it becomes intense. Intense. A passion. The, the intensity of the craving was hard. It was like an addiction. It, it, was, it was like um, something controlling them. Now, the mixed multitude who were. Among them yielded to intense craving. That's why you have to be very careful with the people you keep around you. See, it didn't start with the Israelite, it started with a mixed multitude. You are not always strong. Be careful you keep in your company. The people you keep in your company can weigh you down. I've seen people trying to pull people out of the hole and they get dragged into the hole. The craving did not start with the juice, it started with what? The mixed multitude. And there are many of you, you are a Christian, but all your friends are mixed multitudes. Now, don't, don't ask me whether you going and disconnect or not. You know your weight. You have every right to cut something off if it doesn't help. And so every friend you can keep running. David was strong until he met Abesheba. The weakness in David has always been there. Because the thing was coming from Abraham. That proclivity for that type of woman, Abraham fought it. Isaac, Jacob, they all went to the fair thing. Judah, Tamar, are you following the teaching? And David, Solomon escalated it. But so, long, but so long as David had his mighty men around him and David was at war and was fighting, the thing never got exposed. But the day David was left vulnerable and his mighty men left him and was at the wrong place, the thing got provoked and activated. You are not always strong. Be careful. The company you keep, they can mislead you. Be careful. Be careful, as iron sharpens iron, so do a man sharpen the counter of his friend. That was an evil communication good could happen. Do you know that since you've been in empowerment your prayer life has changed? Even the way you pray is different. Now you pray like in the name of Jesus say father. Why? Because you've been around a pastor who is screaming like a that. So when you hang around people who speak a certain way you begin to pick that flow. Man, prayer for you is that you keep companies that revive you, stir you, encourage you, bring revival, the move of God. Can I get a clap in the house right now? Your company you keep. Now the mixed multitude. Who among them yielded to the intense craving? So the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? That's verse I said. We remember the fish which, was, which we ate freely in Egypt. After the enemy makes you think that he has free lunch, but there's no free lunch. Then it makes you think that it's free, but you pay for it. Because the devil doesn't play. He came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. There's no free. Tell somebody, the fish is not free. Say that car you they give is not free. That scholarship is not free. That gift is not free. That five-in is not free. We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt. Freely in Egypt. Freely in Egypt. The cucumbers. The melons. The leeks. The onions. The garlic. But now our whole bin is dried up. There is nothing at all accept manna before our eyes. You know why? They despise the manna. They despise you see manna was like um, like couscous it was white small small thing like that that rained down and they ate it come on, talk to me right now and they said no this food has no taste. We need taste we need to spice it up we need some Indian cuisine we need to go Thai food, we need to add Chinese, we need some spice, we need to smell, this thing has got no smell. We need some garlic, we need that after we have eaten, we can smell some garlic. They say, the manna is so light. Sometimes, if you're not careful, Christianity will look boring to you. If you really don't know God and find fulfillment in the things of God, the enemy may make you think, especially when you have money. Oh my God! When you have money, in fly first class. If you are not careful, the air hoster can make you feel like you are—you don't know what's up. Cause they are coming to you especially when you are flying like Singapore or Emirates or Qatar or you know, you know those kind of bougie. You know, you know, even British Airways. You know, they will lay your bed and the worker, Miss Gideon, do you care for any wine or champagne? I need water. I need water. Please give me water. Please give me water. Is that all? I said, yes, water, water. Miss <laughs> Gideon, do you mind me give you some wine for your water, water. <laughs> By the time they come back to you, about five times, you are saying, hey, my <laughs> main can I you see, If you don't know God, the enemy can make you feel that Christianity is not what's up. Christianity is boring. Christianity has got energy. They say what we are eating is just manna. It's nothing. It's got no taste. There's no smell. There's no spice. We are not feeling it. Man must smell something. A real man, when you open your mouth, they must smell that you've been somewhere. I don't, I don't want to make some jokes because can't be the church right now. He said, but now our whole being is dried up. Christianity can look dry. The enemy is telling it's not dry. Christianity is a real life, it is a real life. You have no idea the amount of lies you have to keep to keep up three wives. It's a lot, brother. Thank God for one. You thank God for one man, one wife. You bless God for that. Because it is a lot. He said, our eyes, our life being dry because we have nothing except this man. Something that the enemy can make you feel you have nothing except coming to church, except going to house, should go home, up, go home. Go. When, I, like when I travel, it is my hotel to preach into my hotel. But there are things in the town. One time I went to go and preach in Las Vegas. Can you imagine? There's a nice church, very powerful church in Vegas. Very, very nice church in Vegas. I mean, I'm telling Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Powerful place in Vegas. I want to preach. And they put me at the tram in Vegas. And next to it was all the hotel lineup. Every hotel has a casino. In every casino, there's a church place. <laughs> A place for game to go and finish yourself, all kinds of stuff. And at that time, I think I was preaching for a big church, and there was a boxing match that time. I even remember that they brought—I don't want to mention his name because I don't want—they brought the mother. The guy had had a case, so the mother came for prayer to pray for the guy. I don't want to mention his name. and he's a boxer, and the whole place was on fire, you know. People are driving the cars. Open the top and everything. and The town was on fire. And me, I finished. I you, Go to my hotel. And come down. Like, anybody in the house? Look at me. To tell you the truth. The enemy can make you feel Christianity is boring. I don't think anybody has ever been there before. And the problem is that when you don't have money, you think you're okay. When you get money, you know this. You get money. When you get money, you know, you know some things. And this was what they were dealing with we have we, needs, we, need, we need some garlic how many how many know garlic smells we need garlic we need melons we need mixture of continental we need intercontinental dish and what the bible says look at what the bible says jump to verses jump to verse 34 so he called the name of that place kebrot hatava because there they buried the people who yielded to the craving Anytime you yield to your craving, you die. Any craving you yield to in the flesh will lead to your death. Every lance of the flesh will kill you. The flesh will kill. Every desire the enemy brings your way is meant to kill you. Tell somebody, be careful about your fleshly desires. Come on, tell someone. Around. Come on, tell them, tell us. Say, be careful about what you desire. Be very careful about what you desire. It will kill you. The lust of the flesh. Number two, the second device the enemy uses is the lust of the eyes. The lust of the eye. This is what we call the Achan syndrome. Joshua. 721 says, Joshua 721 when I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver, a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I converted them and took them and there they are hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with silver under it. Can you imagine the number of things you have to do to keep a sin? It's not easy to sin no. It's sweet, by it's a lot. <laughs> May God help us. All of us. It's not easy. Look at the hiding. When I saw among the spoils of the Babylon coming, 200 shekels of silver, a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I converted and took them. Okay. So, he took them. Fine. And there they are, hidden in the earth, in the midst of my tent, with silver under it. So you now you have put a NASA password on your phone. Because, hey, and, and NASA to open your phone, we need NASA. We need to go to NASA because your, your phone password is JFIOW10. Kill dollar sign plus 100% sign makes a backward equal to divide. Anybody? Can I get a preaching in the house right now? Can I get a preaching in the house right now? Under it. The eye syndrome. The loss of the eyes. It is a de- what is the loss of the eyes? The desire to pursue whatever the eye sees. There's a desire to pursue what your eye sees and the eye can see things. Hey, there are things to be seen though. There are things you can look at pursuing everything your eye sees. And the enemy is not playing with new inventions, new creation. It's the same old devil with new tricks, in new bodies, in new vehicles, in new buildings, in new assignments. There's nothing new under the sun, but the devil reinvented. reinvent it. Can I preach to church right now? What pursue what your eyes see. It's a kind of passion for everything you think is good when you see it, it's not everything we see that is good. It's not everything we see that is good. It's not everything we see that is good. There's something we see it is evil. And evil is still evil even when everybody says it is good. Can I preach a church right now? It's everything you think is good, you claim it. You claim it. It is not only about your physical eyes only, but it's also your imaginations. Because the imagination, the mind has got eyes. The minds of the eyes of understanding, the, the, the eyes of our this, this, the mind has got eye to see and God gave the power to imagine to imagine God do great things, mighty things, powerful things. But the enemy can hijack that godly aspect of your mind to imagine vain thing, evil thing, to imagine things and sometimes you'll be there and the thought can come to your mind and suddenly you can't shake the thought off and start imagining things and suddenly pictures come to you, videos come to you, thoughts come to you and you are seeing things, you'll be there and you are seeing, seeing all sorts of things. My prayer for you today is that God will help us deal with what our eyes are seeing your clapping in the second house of so what are you seeing? You're clapping. You're clapping. You're clapping. You're clapping. Tell somebody what are you seeing? 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 seeing?" It's also how you view things. The loss of the eyes makes you focus on your benefit not pleasing Christ. It It is an eye that always wants what others have which might not necessarily be God's will for your life. It's an eye that blinds you from all the things God has done in your life and all you see is what others have and make you feel like God has done nothing for you. It's an eye of ingratitude. The eye of always looking at others. The eye of Ahab and Jezebel that said, Naboth vineyard must be given to me, even though they have bigger, bigger, bigger things. And all they wanted was Naboth vineyard for a garden. When for Naboth was a treasure. Sometimes our eyes can make us forget all that God has given us and pursue what somebody had. David let all the wives that God gave him, including the whole land of Israel, and pursue Bathsheba, a man's wife. And when the story was brought to David, it was said, a man had plenty sheep, and there was a neighbor who had one sheep, and one who had plenty sheep got a visitor, and went and took from the man who had one sheep and killed, and gave it to the visitor to eat. What shall be done to the man who was done? David said, let the man die, and let him pay for, and the prophet said, king, it is you, and David tore his cloth. He tore his cloth because he gave wrong judgment. May our eyes not forget. May our eyes not be blinded from the many, 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 many things God has done in our life. Uh, And may our eyes not be open uh, to the one thing that somebody possesses. That our eyes through covetousness uh, is looking at it. Uh, My prayer today uh, is that we can sit back uh, and count our blessings uh, and name them one by one. uh, That we will know uh, that the Lord is good. Uh, I know it's been COVID-19. I know last year was tough. Uh, I know 2021 has been tough. Uh, But as to thank God for his message, his grace, his deliverance. Not every nation got in the way we've gotten it. As a nation, as a people, the Lord has been good to Ghana. The Lord has been good to this nation. The Lord has been good to the country of Africa. It was predicted that we will carry dead bodies in the city of Africa. But thank God for his grace. Anybody gracious, anybody blessing God anybody counting your blessings we'll slap on a sound we count our blessings we name them one by one come on come on somebody count your blessings sit down and name them that was a trap of Adam and Eve will get back to die Watch this. finally it has to do with seeing and interpreting things based on your understanding only. It creates an avenue for the enemy to set you up to fall into temptation. Look at what the Bible said: Joshua 7 to Achan said, when I saw among the spores of the beautiful Babylonian garment, look at me, it's not today that designer dresses came. Achan said, I saw a designer handmade, snake skin, goat skin, sheep skin, leopard skin Hermes this one is Bottega Veneta special design by Prada handmade woven Givenchy this is a special Babylon we we came from Egypt but this is from Babylon and Babylon is Babylon beautiful silk design, garment it was too much for me to take my eyes off it and sometimes the enemy can take you to some shops and some website. And can look at some stuff and all you think about is, whoa. Adi fair, Ah, fair, efe fair." Hey, anybody have seen nice things before? I'm not saying don't get nice things but get it the right way. The eye said Babylonian sick. 200 shekels of silver a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I converted, it. see the last of the eyes will lead you to covetousness, covetousness people are coveting other people's stuff people don't even, look at me, I'm thankful for what God has done in EWC look at me, are you serious? are, are, you, are you comparing, I'm not why do I have to compare myself to anybody? by the way, I'm not arrogant but I'm, t- I'm grateful for what God has done and, 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 and I'm content for godliness with contentment is great gain. I'm not about to lose my peace and my sleep over Christ's arena. I'm thanking God for Asimata right now. because God will take care of the tomorrow. That's not my problem. You got to learn how to thank God for what God has done. Anybody grateful for what God has done, will you clap on and give God a better praise in the house Why not? When I saw it, I converted it. What are you seeing? The doorway to the human life is your eye. What are you seeing? What are you seeing? Look at what the Bible says. It's a kind of sin that made the angels abandon heaven. Genesis 6 verse 2 says, The sons of God saw that the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. So when the angels came down here, and they saw the beauty, the body, the shape, hey, the, the height, the chest, the back, the side, the leg. The, 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 look at me. I'm saying because B2, I see it. I've been seeing some in the church. You can look at me with an pump. That's why when you come here, consider because we are all seeing things. May God help us in Jesus' name. You're clapping the second house. All you hypocrites who are not clapping your hands, but you have been struggling with what you are seeing. May God give us grace. Angel saw. And angel said, God, hey, hey, hey. Aha, a hey, day. This down here, we go Down here. Take your heaven, we'll come later. Tell somebody I've been meaning to talk to you about this for some time now. What are you seeing? What have you been checking out on your phone? On that website in the church. What Instagram are you following? What are you seeing? What are you checking? What are you liking? What are you taking? What are you commenting? They saw the eyes of the flesh. They saw nine scars and and fine houses and, and beautiful homes, and, and sometimes what you see can provoke lust in you and can set you up for destruction. It's a trap of the enemy designed to destroy lives. They took wives. It was a kind of scene that when Lot's wife couldn't pursue the will of God and tend to look, and when she saw, she became a pillar of salt. And now, many of us, what God did me, you, you see, sometimes the enemy make you feel like you are losing life by living the world. Of actually, gaining life by living the well. Lot's wife thought that life was in Sodom and Gomorrah when life was what he was holding. He was, he was following life, and yet she turned to look at what he thought was life. Be careful what you think is life and look unto Jesus, the altar and the finisher of our faith. Your clapping is <laughs> sick in the house right now. So, Job. So Job said this way. How did Job put it? Job said. Job concluded by saying that I have made a covenant. I have made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look upon a woman? Job said. The solution to this is that not that I don't see her. No, 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 no. Not that they are not around me. Not that I'm not tempted. Not that they are not. Stopped. But I also know that I'm a child of the covenant. I know that I got covenant on my head. I know that the life I live is not the life of my own. I know that. God's covenant is upon my life and Daniel purported in his heart that you will not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat. The devil is a liar. Moses decided to suffer affliction with the people of God and forsook the place of Pharaoh which was for a moment where the generation of people that says we are children of covenant we don't play, we don't joke and she said I have made a covenant with my eyes that I will not look upon a woman. Jesus said it has been told you that when you have sex with a woman you committed adultery but I tell you when you look lustfully upon a woman you have committed it so what you do is not to look it's to find a way to activate covenant by saying I'm a child of the covenant and I'll not look lustfully my prayer for you is that because of the covenant of God upon your life you walk under that inspiration and that clapping is sick in the house right now. Look. 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 What are you seeing? What I just said, you have an evil eye. There's an evil eye. There's an evil scene. The Bible says, Jesus, the devil took Jesus up to the mountaintop, to the high, and showed him the world. And something, the enemy can make you see the world. The enemy can make you see the riches, the pleasures, the stuff of this world. God says. Don't look. Remember, good said something. I say, if you look once, you are okay. If you look twice, there's a problem. The third time, you are gone. First look is okay. Don't go back and look again. Second look is a suspect. Third look is done. Can I get a clap in the house right now? <laughs> I'm in the covenant. And finally, finally, the pride of life. The word pride, as used here, is alazonia. The ancient moralist, Alazon, was the man who laid claims to possession and achievement which did not belong to him in order to exalt himself. It's one who is a braggart. One that brags. The pride of life here is connected to one that brags. It is a feeling of superior to others based on looks, material possession, education, societal standing, even sometimes spiritual status pride of love. When you want to be in charge of your life that you don't feel you need God. It's a kind of pride that makes you feel superior. You brag. You talk, 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 talk. Talk, talk. Every day is a kind of pride that makes you want to use what you have to spite others. To make other people feel less. Whether it is your status in life, your beauty, your looks, your education, your background, even your spiritual place. Because sometimes some people can use spirituality to boast. I pray 10 hours a day. You can pray by the grace of God. You are who you are by the grace of God. The pride of life. Being a braggart, One that always wants to just make other people feel you are the best. It's a kind of feeling that makes you feel like you don't even need God. You are some type of a God yourself. It's a kind of feeling that says because of your standard in life, you are superior. It's also seen and explained in what you are for people to, to celebrate you. People, there are people who celebrate. They, they will always display what they have for people to celebrate them. They will always put it out there. Has those displayed what he has displayed what he had Nebuchadnezzar did the same thing and God ended the reign. any time you are in for the show for the display to show who you are and what you have for celebration not to God's glory, God will finish you because He glory he will share with no man you are who you are by the grace of God by the grace of God by the grace of God by the grace of God, watch, it, watch it. this, this. These things become an avenue for the enemy to use to set up, to crave for positions, for certain levels of relevance in life. Position, titles. Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? I'm so I'm that. They didn't mention. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't, they didn't give my titles. They didn't. They. They, they omitted. They didn't give me a seat. Hey. Now yes, you know who cry no cry. Why is he? You just you call Jesus. Jesus. You, you don't. You don't add to his name. Jesus, Jesus. You don't say honorable Jesus. They didn't call you honorable so you're angry. Mister, no. Take it easy. You are what you are by the grace of God. By the grace of God. Anybody who is a part of God's grace in the house right now? By God's grace. Your clap is by, by God's grace. By God's grace. By God's grace. This is the thing us to fall eventually into the enemy's sin. The pride of life is seen in the parable of the rich food. Luke chapter 12 verse 13 to 21 we all want to read together quickly Luke chapter 12 verse 13 to, to go. then one of the from the crowd said to him teacher tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me continue but he said loud down, man who made me a judge an arbiter over you he said to them take heed beware of what covetousness for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Be careful. Your worth is not in your houses, your bags, your shoes, your possessions, and your cars. You are worth more than those things. You are worth the blood of Jesus Christ. You are <laughs> redeemed by the precious blood. Your clap, is He said to them, take it! Be welcome to the man's for man, for man's that does not consider the abundance of things he possesses. Let's go. He Then he spoke a parable to them saying, the ground of a certain rich man. You're the plentiful. Okay, let's start. And he thought within himself. He started, what shall I do? One, I'll have no room to store my crop. Two, I. Number three, he said, I will do this. Four, I'll pull down my bands and build greater. Five, I'll store all my crops and my goods. Six, I will say to my soul, your soul have many goods laid out for many years. Take your ease. Eat drink, and be merry. Watch this. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose would those things be which you have provided? So he said, who, so, so is he who lays up treasures for himself, and is not rich towards God. There are people who are rich in themselves, but they are not rich in the spirit. You know, you can be rich. You see, can I tell you when they show up and from their top to their down it's about $30,000. From their back to their, their, their watch, their shoe. I wear good things by the grace of God. I'm not here to make anybody feel but I'm telling you that if all you got is this and you are not spiritually rich, you are bankrupt in the spirit, you are like this guy. God wanted to be rich towards him. Be rich in patience, in virtue, in grace, in anointing, in prayer, in humility, in brokenness, in worship, in grace, in oil, in anointing, in favor, in the power of God, in purity, in holiness. My God, be rich in the things of God. Then be rich physically, because who you are in the spirit must manifest in the natural. Cannot preach your church, one. Don't be rich in the flesh and be poor in the spirit. You're clapping a sick in the house right now. That was the problem with Adam and Eve. Now, give me Genesis 3, verse number 6. So, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, number one, she saw the the last of the eyes. She saw. I wanted to look at someone's face and say, "I've been meaning to talk to you about this. What are you seeing today? What are you? See? What have you been seeing around you? Please demand an answer. Around demand an answer. What do you see? What do you see? You can see well and can see wrongly. What are you seeing? She saw. She saw. Sometimes what you see can make you curse God. What you see can get you depressed. What you see can mislead you. What you see can make you fall. What you see can distract you. What you see can make you take your eyes off the assignment. What you see, Demas has forsaken me and has gone to follow this present where they were. When Paul traveled with Demas, Demas said to Paul, what I'm seeing, I'll see you later Paul. Bring me your mark. She saw last of the eye, that it was good for food, last of the flesh. When she saw that the tree was good for food, last of the flesh, it was good for food. What do you want to eat? What is, your, what is your body craving for? What are you craving for? What do you feel like eating? What is the enemy telling you? There is the enemy telling you that what God has given you is not enough. You need some dangerous spices. God gave them all the trees, and the devil said, No, it's not enough. You got to go for this good for food, and that, that it was pleasant in the eye. And a tree desirable to make one wise. Pride of life. To be God. To be wise. To be mean. To be knowledgeable. Do you know that we live in a knowledge world? Bible say, And the growth of the knowledge goes for us to feed the earth. As water covers the sea. We are a generation of knowledge. But the enemy has hijacked the knowledge for the wrong things. Knowledge to make one wise. To make one wise. Next week I'll talk about how to deal with temptation to make one wise. Do you know what God was doing? God wanted them to live in innocence. And they said, No, we will live in responsibility. And when you are when you when you live in knowing, you must be responsible. You miss you miss you miss. You miss too deep for you. Watch. You see, God said, You rather not know than to know. So I don't eat the tree of the knowledge, the tree that gives knowledge. Don't eat it. Stay in the realm of innocence. And let me have the knowledge. And if I have the knowledge, I will bear the responsibility. But they say, no! We will eat it! And God once you eat it and you come to knowledge, they must bear the responsibilities. The reason why many of us fall for temptation of this world is because we want to know the problem of wanting to know is the reason why you are falling for all kinds of things. You must come to a place where you would say, there are some things I don't know. I leave that which is unknown to God. For God knows a secret; He knows tomorrow. I don't know when I will marry, how I'll marry, who God will use, how God will use it, when God will use it, how God is going to do it. But I leave the unknown for God. I'm not about to take responsibility of my life. For God is in charge of my life, and if He's in charge of my life, there are some things I leave it for Him. I'm not about to wrestle with God about something. I leave my future, my career, my family, my business, Christ. I'm mean, not for God. He knows the unknown. Huh? He controls all the areas of my life i don't know i trust him for what i don't know he will take care of what i don't know The devil is a liar lord bless you preserve you protect you and cause you to escape every temptation you are battling you're clapping a second harsh one if you receive the word of god come on and clap and give god a better praise right now thank you for listening we hope you've been blessed Connect with Gideon Dancer on any social media platform, at Gideon Dancer on Instagram, on Facebook, and on YouTube, it's Empowerment Worship Centre. You can join us in person for any of our Sunday family services, 7am, 9am, 11am, and 6pm. We promise you a worship-filled atmosphere that will bless you and your family.